Welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Anne Louise Gittleman is a New York Times bestselling author of over 37 books on diet, detox, the environment, and women's health. For more than four decades, Anne Louise has been regarded as a leading voice and visionary in nutrition and who has fearlessly stood on the front lines of holistic and integrative medicine. For more information, check out annlouise.com. That's A-N-N-L-O-U-I-S-E.com. And here's your host, Anne Louise Gittleman. Hey everyone, Anne Louise Gittleman here, and we're going to delve into mastering mineral metabolism, focusing on magnesium, copper, and iron. So get ready and fasten your seatbelts. Here's Morley Robbins. Morley Robbins, welcome to the First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Now tell me why we should listen to you, my good friend. Well, Anne Louise, I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, why listen? Because I think you and I have complete awareness about how important minerals are and what role that nutrients play in our body. And I think the process of getting people back into good health and back into homeostasis is a lot easier than I think people realize. And I think we've got um, a lot of opportunities to share that message with people and get them to, uh, I think, simplify their routine so they can regain their mojo. So tell me the minerals that you specialize in. I know about magnesium. What's your take on magnesium? Uh, magnesium is amazing. I mean, that's really where I got started, as you probably recall, because you and I spoke many years ago when I was still very enamored with just magnesium. But as I began to study it, I realized that um, just taking magnesium wasn't solving the problems, but there was definitely... A, con a consistent loss of magnesium as people were dealing with stress. I ended up calling that the magnesium burn rate, but I really wanted to find out why does magnesium keep leaving the body? Why does it keep leaving the cells? And why and does it, Morley Robbins? It does. It's, it's what's fascinating because um, it, it's being lost to stress. And what people don't realize is that when we have stress in our world, we have oxidative stress in our body. And you know from your training and from all the work you've done that oxidative stress is no friend to the body. Uh, it's a sign that energy is not being made efficiently. Because where does energy come from? It comes from activating oxygen, turning it into water so that the energy molecules can be released to be put to use. Well. When we're dealing with stress, we need that energy. And very often, uh, the, way this, the way our bodies are set up, we lose precious minerals, especially magnesium and copper. And then it becomes very difficult to make the energy to respond to the stress. So I put particular focus on magnesium and copper. And then the mineral that everyone seems to think is in short supply because of the pervasive nature of anemia, when in fact it's iron is getting stuck in our tissue, and that's what's causing the magnesium loss. The iron is not being recycled properly in the mitochondria, and that iron is interacting with the oxygen, and that 
you mix iron and oxygen together and you're going to get rust. And that rust is going to cause the magnesium burn rate. But don't we, don't we stockpile iron? No, I've got to just jump in here. As you know, I would. Don't we stockpile iron as we get older, particularly men that don't menstruate? Absolutely stockpile. But that doesn't mean we. it's um, benign. Uh, it's going to start to build in ferritin, but it's also going to build in what's called hemosiderin. It's going to build in lipofusin. Those are you know the age spots that people struggle with. And it's that buildup of iron that's behind all aging. Every facet of aging. You and I are in agreement so far, my good friend. There you go. <laughs> that's lovely. No, I, th I think it's important for people to realize that uh, copper, in the world of traditional Chinese medicine, the copper is called the general and iron is called the foot soldier. Oh, repeat that. I love that. That's TCM. Yeah, according to TCM, copper is called the general and iron is called the foot soldier. Well, you don't need to be in the military to understand the difference between a general and a foot soldier. And so there aren't as many generals in the body but they carry a lot of sway and they have huge impact. And it's, it's really a ratio of about one atom of copper to 50 atoms of iron. So you need and a small, small amount of bioavailable copper. Isn't that the key? That is the key. And what makes copper bioavailable is retinol. And that's the animal-based form of vitamin A. And it was our great-grandparents and their parents and so on that were uh, using cod liver oil back in the day. Yeah, cod liver oil. Yeah, but, but you got to make sure that it's, you know, got the right um, sourcing and right processing. But cod liver oil is amazing in terms of its ability to uh, run key pumps. They're called copper pumps to load up copper enzymes that run our body. So and where are we gonna get that cod liver oil, Morley? This is a missing well, piece. You know, this is a missing piece. Nobody gets this. I understand. Um, well, there, there are several forms that we recommend. There's uh, probably the, the Rolls Royce of cod liver oils called Rosita's. Oh, uh, Rosita. Yeah, that comes out of Norway. There's a very good cod liver oil uh, coming out of Alaska. And that's available um, by Jigsaw Health. And then uh, there's also an, an Alaskan kind of oil that you can get from Formula IQ. So you um, can't get, you can't, so this is the form. Why is this the form and not any other kind of vitamin A? Can you differentiate? I think the key is the processing, uh, the, the minimal use of heat in the um, extraction of the, of the nutrients. Um, some, many of the cod liver oils that people might be familiar with, which we won't name, but they are adding synthetic forms of, of A and D to get them in some artificial ratio. And we don't, we don't support that. We want mother nature to take over. And the, the difference between Rosita's is there's about 10 to one ratio of vitamin A to vitamin D. But in the Alaskan cod liver oil, the Alaskan cod is completely different. It's a 20 to one ratio of vitamin A and D. So it's a very different fish, even though it has from the same species. Um, 
but it's the it's the processing that's so important for people to understand. So these are heavy metal free. Yes. Oh, absolutely. How much do we need? How much uh, daily? Probably a tablespoon a day. Just day. like the old days. Just like the old days. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that the added challenge we face, um, and I'm sure you're you're keeping track of this as well. There's been a, a substantial loss of copper in the soil. It's been the number one nutrient deficiency on the farm for at least 60 years. And that's in large part due to uh, modern farming practice. And so if, if you don't have copper in the soil, you can't have copper in the produce, which means it's not gonna get into the animal, which means it's not gonna get into the human. And when you begin to really study the origin of all the chronic disease that's uh, building on this planet, uh, the, the, the primary step is the creation of oxidative stress. Well, oxidative stress is produced when there isn't sufficient bioavailable copper to either activate the oxygen or deactivate the oxidants that are the result of oxidative stress. Let's discuss a topic that I wrote about many years ago, which is a source of toxic copper. What do you say about copper pipes, copper fillings, and copper IUDs? Well, I think they're, they're three very different forms of copper, as you know. Um, I think that the idea of copper toxicity has been um, amplified because I don't think there's sufficient understanding of the copper protein ceruloplasmin, which I put a lot of emphasis on in the work that I do. As did Paul Eck many years ago who wrote about this. Right, right. The, the challenge is a lot of people who follow the work of Paul Eck don't know that the hair test doesn't measure ceruloplasmin. And again, I think the confusion was not understanding um, what the ratio of copper to ceruloplasmin is. And there's some very important research, ironically, it was done at uh, AT&T Bell Labs back in the 60s, if you can believe that. But Dr. Sternley was very instrumental in, in that research. But what they identified was the need for serum copper to be 100 and serum ceruloplasmin to be 30, and that the ratio should be 3.33. And that ratio should hold even if the copper is going up and down, there should be the ability of the liver to flex its production of ceruloplasmin. So, so you're talking about a blood test morally. Absolutely, yeah. People and, get that blood test anywhere, they can order it. Yeah, and they, the site where a lot of people get the blood test for the work that I do is from request a test, and it's called the Full Monty Iron Panel. And they have that uh, copper and ceruloplasmin, and they have vitamin A and D and magnesium in the red blood cell. Uh, and it's the repeat, test costs. Repeat. Tell me again so that everybody takes notes. Tell me again. The name of the test is called the Full Monty Iron Panel. And, and it costs about $250. And it measures about 12 different nutrients, but it's measuring 
not just copper and ceruloplasma, it's measuring zinc, magnesium in the red blood cell, it's measuring hemoglobin and ferritin and serum iron and um, the, the lipid nutrients, vitamin A and D, because all of those components work together to tell us whether someone, how someone is responding to their oxidative stress. So what you're telling us is that the ceruloplasmin is a very important marker. And in order to raise it or balance it, you need the retinol that's contained in cod liver oil. Absolutely. And, and no, nobody talks about vitamin A deficiency anymore. No, and in fact, what I find fascinating is that I came across the work of a physician named Montrose T. Burroughs, and he got his medical degree from Johns Hopkins in the early 1920s. And in 1925, and in four articles in 1926, he identified that retinal deficiency is the true origin of cancer. And that's a- Repeat that's, that, that's worthy of repetition. Yeah, no, Dr. Burroughs um, did research at uh, the Rockefeller Institute but in 1925 and 1926, he published five articles and identified retinal deficiency as the origin of cancer. And really what, what he was identifying is that the lack of retinol is what leads to what's called the Warburg effect. And people may have heard that term if they've been exposed to cancer. And the Warburg effect is that the body and the cells choose to use anaerobic metabolism, even though oxygen is present. Well, the only reason why the, the cell or the mitochondria would make that decision is because there's no bioavailable copper to activate the oxygen. And I, I would go on record as saying Dr. Warburg, Otto Warburg knew this, he just never wrote about it. He kept things very um, disguised. He referred to the, the complex that really runs our mitochondria. It's complex four. Today, it's known as cytochrome C oxidase. And Dr. Warburg referred to it as iron oxidase. And he threw off generations of physicians by referring to it as an iron protein, when in fact, iron is there, but it's copper is actually running that particular component in the same way that in your kitchen, I'm very confident that you have a stove and a refrigerator and a microwave, all of which are made from steel, which is made from iron. But those, do those appliances work without a chef? No. no. And, the, and what's the chef? Chef is a cuisine artist and how do you spell cuisine? Well, you start with CU, and that's the same. Oh, interesting copper. There you go. So I think what's happened is medicine seems to put a lot of emphasis on the steel and the iron side, and they they have no acknowledgement that there's a chef in the in the kitchen. Uh, there's no commander or general. Exactly. That's the piece of the puzzle that a lot of people miss. So where are we getting the bioavailable copper? In other words, you look at one of these full Monty tests and you see that there's a deficiency. What do you suggest? 
Hi, my friends. Before I go any further, let me take a moment to, to acknowledge my sponsor, Unikey Health at UnikeyHealth.com, which is your universal key to health since 1992. I have been a spokesperson for this company for over 30 years. They're the home of all my weight loss plans, the Fab Lasting Bio Builder, which has been featured in national magazines. They also carry the ultimate brain support and the magnesium multitasker. So whether it's weight loss, internal cleansing, or just targeted health support, go to unikeyhealth.com. Tell them Anne Louise sent you. Very routinely, what we suggest, there's a, a protocol out there called the root cause protocol. Root and cause I protocol, how do we get it? I can go to the website, rcp123.org. And you can, when you donate your email address, which we will respect and protect, uh, you'll get access to a 50 page document which is only the, 50 pages, Morley Robbins, only 50 pages. Um, but the, but the important thing is it, it outlines things to stop taking and things to start taking. And then for those who want to learn more about it, uh, I've written a book. It's called cure your fatigue. And it goes into the, the background of why this protocol is so important. And then explains what the components of the protocol are as where well. Do we, where do we get your book? Uh, wherever your favorite online uh, vendor is, whether it's Abe Books, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, you know, uh, audiobooks. I mean, it's it's in all the different formats, both physical, ebook, and audio. And um, it's uh, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't know what I was getting into when I wrote a book. And unlike you, you've written many, many books. I've only written one, but um, I worked with a guest writer. And uh, he, he asked me several months ago, he said, so how's your book doing? I said, I, I don't know, I, Larry, I haven't checked. He goes, well, don't feel me. He said, most, most authors never sell enough copies to, to uh, cover their costs. And so I wrote him back and I said, well, we've sold over 10,000. And he says, he said, Morley, do you realize <laughs> you've really done a very nice job? And you I said, well, I think congratulate. you've Congratulate, yeah. as they say. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, no, it's very exciting. But the thing is, what we talk about for sources of copper, back to your original question, is um, bee pollen is a very rich source of copper. Let's start taking notes, everybody. You can't, you can't pollinate a flower and you can't pollinate an animal if you don't have copper. The bee pollen is a wonderful source. A lot of B vitamins in there as well. Um, real whole food vitamin C. It's very different than ascorbic acid. And the way I describe it is uh, whole food vitamin C is like the cars we drive. They have an engine, a steering wheel, four wheels, and a cover. And ascorbic acid is the cover and no moving parts. So people need to move beyond the idea that ascorbic acid is vitamin C. It's not, it's a very synthetic form of, of the uh, antioxidant shell. And then the third component that we really promote is grass-fed beef liver. Uh, I'm sure that's everyone's favorite. Everyone's I've been, favorite. Yeah, I've done thousands and thousands of consults and I have a, a piece of paper with 13 names on it of the people who got excited <laughs> they could eat beef liver again. 
but um can you take I, can you take supplements desiccated oh absolutely and there, there are many different brands ancestral supplements um, paleo valley uh, perfect nutrition but just to make sure that people are getting uh, enough copper or enough nutrients i've actually developed a oh, yeah. copper supplement called recuperate unless it oh um, lovely little play on words and it's got uh, desiccated beef liver and spirulina and some turmeric but it's got two milligrams of copper in there to make sure people are getting adequate levels of, uh, of that so do you do you get worried about the zinc copper ratio or the molybdenum or manganese aspects i really you know i don't i think that um the, the zinc copper ratio uh, was really born out of the research that Carl Pfeiffer did back in the 60s. Yes. And what, what I do is I go back uh, another generation back and look at the work of uh, Warburg, Krebs, LVM, uh, Dr. Hart at the University of Wisconsin, M.O. Um, Schultz. I mean, there, there are many, many greats that were doing this research. But what they were focusing on in the 20s, 30s, and 40s was copper and iron. And they were very focused on copper and iron. Zinc wasn't even, even on the, the radar screen. So I've never worried about the zinc-copper ratio because I don't think it's a primary focus for the mitochondria and for the production of energy in our body. So it's, I take a very different stance on that than, than a lot of practitioners. And what about copper pipes? Copper pipes, um, it's a, it's a... Let, let me just preface my remarks yeah. by saying I used to cure kids of ADD by getting rid of their copper pipes. That's, that's beautiful. That's amazing. That was back um, in the 70s when I first became enamored of copper. Right. Um, well, you can't argue with results, can you? No, no, but that's what fueled my interest in copper, seeing all these ADD children and these hyperactive kids that couldn't sit still and didn't want to take Ritalin. Right. And what I would, what I would also wonder is, did you have an opportunity to measure their ceruloplasmin? Not, you... not back then. Okay. Because I, I wonder if what wasn't playing in the background, and there's a lot of research to back this up, is where there's um, unbound copper, there's surely unbound iron. And I, th I think that uh, a lot of the uh, symptoms that are attributed to what's called unbound copper is in fact due to iron-induced oxidative stress. And so I think it's the removal of the copper pipes may maybe lowered the level of oxidative stress just enough. I don't, I don't take the stance that copper is a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I think what's missing is an understanding of the protein that regulates copper, which then regulates iron. And a lot of people don't realize the, the role that the general plays to keep the foot soldier in line. And so many of the chronic conditions that people have today, especially the a lot of the conditions of, of metabolic syndrome, whether we're talking fatty liver disease or cancer or neurodegeneration or whatever it might be, <clears throat> iron is playing in the background. And uh, a lot of people don't realize that because it doesn't necessarily show up in the blood work 
because the iron is stuck in the tissue. So and don't you think don't you think that this blood test you're talking about is the first step for people? Oh, absolutely. That's where I really encourage people to get started and get a better and much broader understanding of the, um, the markers that are involved in copper iron regulation. Because people don't realize that, that iron is like a four-year-old with a hammer. <laughs> and no one, no one in their right mind would give their four-year-old a hammer and then go next door and have a cup of coffee with their neighbor. You just wouldn't do it. And, and I think there's a real gap in the training of uh, practitioners who don't fully understand this relationship between the general and the foot soldier. No, they're being very selective. Nobody's looking at how everything interplays. That's exactly right. And I think uh, there's too much, um, there, there's a lack of integration of the interplay between these nutrients. Most definitely. Especially in processed food. I don't think people realize that there's nine different forms of iron being added to the food we eat. And what people don't realize is that all, all nine of those forms of iron have been identified as being carcinogenic. Interesting. So which, what are you talking about particularly? The iron fortification? Yeah, absolutely. Iron, again, that goes back to the 1920s. Interesting. So you're hearkening back to the, the most interesting time period when all this nutritional research was being explored. Yeah. And, and, and it's fascinating how it came about. They identified the fact that, that at any given time, 1% of society is pregnant, right? The other 99% are not pregnant. And then they looked at what happens during the course of a pregnancy, and the woman's hemoglobin level drops in the second half of the pregnancy. It's called hemodilution. And they turned that physical phenomenon into a disease. And they said, well, this is not healthy, when in fact it's perfectly natural because the hemoglobin is moving from the mother into the baby, which is where it belongs. Of course. And the reason, and the reason why is because the mother needs less iron in her body so she can make more milk for the baby after, <laughs> after it gets born. And so, what happened was that hemodilution caused quite a stir. And so what did they decide to do? They decided to inoculate the other 99% of society that was not pregnant and said, oh, we need to fortify the food. And when did it really ramp up? In 1941, during the threat of World War II in England, the UK, excuse me, England, Canada, and the United States, they started fortifying food with iron. And then in 1969, the FDA wanted to increase it 300%. And 28 scientists flew to Washington, DC to testify. And they asked one question, what are you trying to do, kill people? And so the FDA backed off and only made it a 50% increase. And all of this information is laid out in a wonderful book by a, an iron toxicologist originally from Canada. His name is Jim Moon, but he spelled it differently. It's J-Y-M Moon. And the book is called Iron, the Most Toxic Metal. And it's a riveting 
account of what people don't understand about iron, how dangerous it is. And he's a very subdued individual. But the one thing he, he puts in bold letters and underscores it is he tells his readers, don't ever use zeolite. And he doesn't explain why. Whoa, 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 zeolite. This is the darling of the detox world. I know, but but I think what he was trying to point out is it's doing more than people realize. And I, I long suspect that a lot of the detox chemicals that people use are affecting copper. And, uh, and it's very easily lost to the detox programs. And people just, again, what's the meme that runs medicine on the planet? you're anemic and you're copper toxic. When in fact, based on my research after 12 years of reading three hours a day, it's just the opposite. People don't have enough bioavailable copper and because the general's down, the foot soldier is up and it's up all over the body and it's creating all sorts of oxidative stress. Interesting. So the first step, again, repeat the blood test for my listeners. Yeah, I would encourage people to get the, it's called the full Monty iron panel. And you can go online to a website called requestatest.com and just look, look for that particular test. And um, you don't need a doctor's involvement. You go to the blood draw station, they'll take seven vials of blood, and then you'll get your uh, results back within 72 hours. And then you need to find one of the folks that I've trained, I've trained hundreds of people who are called root cause protocol consultants. And you find them on that website, rcp123.org, and they'll be happy to walk you through the findings and give you a sense of what recommendations from the root cause protocol would, would work well for them. I love it. Thank you for allowing us to stay young and healthy in a toxic world. <laughs> it's not easy, is it? <laughs> ain't easy. No, it isn't. Getting older ain't for persistency, somebody once said. Yeah. And, and what I think is fascinating, at least as I'm connecting the dots, every facet of aging is a result of excess iron building up in the tissue. That we agree with 1,000%. I just wrote a book called Radical Longevity, and I talk about that in great detail. Beautiful. That's great. I, I will also tell you that People Magazine picked it up as a health pick of the week. Congratulations. Or as you said earlier, mazel tov. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. So parting words for my listeners, Morley Robbins, it's been a pleasure. Um, parting words is... Um, step back from the, the mainstream narrative um, and introduce yourself to these concepts of, that you and I've had an opportunity to talk about. And just know that the, the body has incredible intelligence, knows what to do, but what's been missing all along is this copper battery. It really is, the, it's the basis it's of- It's the our, catalyst, it's the catalyst. Absolutely. Absolutely the catalyst. And people don't appreciate that um, there's 40 quadrillion mitochondria. And all of those mitochondria run on copper. And so it's just, it's a missing piece of the puzzle. And I really appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation just to reinforce that point with you.
My pleasure. I want you to stay on the line and I want to thank all my listeners for listening yet once again to First Lady of Nutrition podcast. We're now trending in Siberia, Japan, India, and of course, Vietnam. So thank you so much. And of course, the United States, UK, and Britain. So see you next week, everybody. Have a peaceful, loving, and exciting rest of your day. Shalom, shalom, shalom of Raha. And please don't forget to subscribe and like First Lady of Nutrition podcast. Thank you so very much.